not be shaken whose breath gives us life whose death can set the captive free his name will stand forever lifted high for all to see Jesus our God Carpenter's Way. Hope you guys are doing okay. Hope everybody got your water and power back on. I'm sorry if you don't. Uh, if you need a shower, the church is open. You can come up here and take a shower, I think. I hope that's okay. I just told everybody they could, Mark. Um, but yeah, if you need a shower, come up here. It's warm. We got water. Uh, if you're in the room, we want to just let you know you can stand and worship with us if you want to. You don't have to. Uh, and again, if you're uh, tuning in at home, uh, just don't be a spectator. Join in with us this morning. Here we go. Thank you. 
shelter in you, my God. And there you give me rest. You are my
Jesus, the name If you're not already standing and you'd like to, we're going to read some scripture together. <clears throat> Yet I still dare to hope when I remember the faithful love of the Lord. His mercy. His mercy. 
say to myself, the Lord is
amazed at your faithfulness, Lord, that even when we are unfaithful, Lord, we know that you are faithful. And guys, we've gone through this week and all the craziness that's happened and coming off of last year, Lord, one thing we know is that you are faithful. Lord, we know that there's things that happen in this world that we can't count on, there's things that change and, and move, 
But Lord, we know that you are a rock. We know that you are a refuge, and we know that you are faithful. So we thank you, and we praise you, Lord, and we just ask well, that you would open our hearts to hear your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, okay, I'm on. Hey, Carpenter's Way, good morning. My name is Jared Pig. Uh, Y'all have met me before. Uh, I'm the Associate Missions Pastor. I assist the Mission Investment Team and Pastor Robert with all our mission programs. I'm thankful to be here. Uh, I wanted to just share briefly a couple of items. Uh, I wanted to mainly remind everybody that next week is our Mission Sunday. So this is the, the Sunday that everybody comes in from our, our local mission partners and they set up in the foyer, they have tables, it gives everybody a, a chance to meet them, to see them one-on-one, to ask questions, find out needs, uh, find out areas that they, uh, anybody can volunteer with, and just to get to know these ministries. On top of that, we have Josh Ferguson, our own, who will be preaching that Sunday. So he is our special speaker and we're looking very forward to that and we're very blessed to, to have him come in again. We are planning a digital means for those that can't make it and might be watching on the internet. So be prepared for that. We don't know quite how that'll look, but we plan on going around with a video and, and live streaming what we can uh, for those that can't make it. So, so stay tuned for that. Um, I hope that I look okay. I tried to shave in without power today. So <laughs> I just thought about that. I was like, I hope I don't have a patch of hair right here. <laughs> so crazy week. And I just want to briefly say one more thing. We had a little taste of what... Uh, well, we had no power. We had no toilet. We, we were taking uh, water from, from the pool and dumping it in the toilet to, to make things flush, right? That's right. That's right, brother. So I just wanted to, we, we, we sh should continue to pray for those without power and those around us. I mean, there's a lot of people in dire need, but, but I just want maybe everybody to consider that we got a little taste of what a lot of people in the world are dealing with, especially through this pandemic season. Uh, you know, two billion people don't have access to toiletries or clean sanitation for their, their needs, their basic needs. And we got a small taste of that. And uh, in life, you know, we're, we're, we're accustomed to what we are, but we wanna keep those people in mind. Uh, Guatemala is the video you'll be watching. And they've had a hard time this, uh, this last year. And so I want everybody to consider praying for them, Amazon, Madagascar. Uh, we have our list of, of mission partners out there, but they've, they've been dealing with a lot. So let's just keep that in mind while we, uh, we go forward. And we just ask everybody to uh, be here uh, that can next Sunday. We've had an excellent support every year on that. And we just really thank you all for that. So thank you for, for that. Jesus, all right. Y'all have a good day. <laughs> Sorry. I was about to pray. Good morning, Carpenter's Way. Uh, my name is Noah, and this is my wife, Abby, and we are the field directors here at Students International Guatemala, and we serve in Magdalena Milpas Altas, um, just outside of Antigua here in Guatemala. And so I'm here, I'm here with my friends. Hola, mi nombre es Shani eh, Orozco. Hello, my name is Shani Orozco. Eh, estoy en el sitio de trabajo social de mujeres. I'm the leader of the Women's Social Work site. Y le agradezco mucho a Dios porque me da la oportunidad de poder estar sirviendo en el grupo de, de mujeres. And I'm so grateful to the Lord that he allows me to serve in this group of women. Y me encanta mucho estar ahí porque creo que el poder ver cómo Dios transforma sus vidas es de gran aliento para seguir sirviéndole a él. 
And I love working in this site because it allows me to see how God transforms the women and allows them to continue serving Him. Y podemos orar juntas, leer la Biblia juntas, y podemos reconocer que realmente Dios contesta nuestras peticiones también. And I love how we get to pray together, we read the Bible together, and that's how we see that God actually does answer prayer. Y agradecemos mucho el apoyo que ustedes tienen con nosotros porque sabemos que van juntos, vamos juntos caminando, sirviéndole al Señor aquí en Guatemala. And I'm so thankful for the support that you guys give to us because it's something we do together. We do it together so that we can serve the Lord in this way. God bless you. Hola, mi nombre es Victoria Flores y Dios me ha llamado a servirle aquí en Estudiantes Internacionales Guatemala y mi cargo... Hi, my name is Victoria Flores and um, God has allowed me to serve here with Students International Guatemala. Y eh, Dios me tiene aquí sirviéndole en el eh, cuerpo de liderazgo como directora de sitios. And God has me serving here um, as the director of ministry sites and part of the leadership team. Uh, yo le doy gracias al Señor por la oportunidad que me da de servirle de esta manera. I give God thanks and glory for the opportunity to serve him in this way. Y una de las funciones es dar acompañamiento a cada staff en los planes, en las actividades que realizan en sus sitios de ministerio. And something I do is I help each and every um, staff site leader in their planning and in their activities and just support them as they carry out their ministry. Y gozarnos de ver eh, los testimonios de transformación que Dios hace en cada sitio de ministerio. And it's such a joy to see the testimony of how God is working through each and every ministry site. Muchas gracias por ser parte de lo que Dios nos ha mandado hacer. Thank you so much for being part of what God has called us to do. Porque con sus donaciones, ustedes nos apoyan para que nosotros podamos hacer el trabajo. Because through your donations, you guys allow us to be able to do our work. Que Dios les bendiga. May God bless you. Hello everyone, my name is Luis and I work in the administration, looking at all the finances and first of all I had the chance to be there with Shani and Vicky with you all last year, last, yeah last year and uh, just that I can put faces to, to whoever is looking at this video, it's, it's, it's pretty nice and I just missed the barbecue already and just <laughs> how good and how's how hospitable you were to us that was just uh, we're still very very grateful we miss you all and uh, yeah we keep working here we keep going out of the community we found ways to uh, ministry the people through phone and and uh, just through the internet and uh, what I do is just not, not only look at the numbers but also uh, get to minister uh, our staff or um, people in the community to disciple and we can do all of that because because of people like you that have the heart to serve through uh, support and we are just very grateful and uh, we are here to pray for you we are here uh, to let you know what we're doing and yeah so thank you very much and we hope that we can see you again soon hi my name is Alvaro and um, I am working here in SI for the last seven years, and it's a privilege for me to 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 know what is the call from the Lord for me. And and I am in charge of pastoral care, and I'm helping the staff. I am uh, trying every day to to pray and to know what is the, the our purpose here. Of course, is is to to share the gospel, is to uh, share the good news, 
and part of my focus is to help the start to development the, the discipleship program. Uh, each site, they have different uh, focus with different people in the community. And part of my job is to connect uh, each site with the local pastors and, and connect with the local, local pastors here and to, to help them to, uh, to know the, their challenges, to know uh, their, their prayer requests, and I, I can work with them. To, uh, we can work together and we can pray what is the best for the community and what is the best for, 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 for the people here in Magdalena. And it's a privilege for me to, to do different things uh, part of my focus is the specific the spiritual focus and for me it's a privilege to, to be part of this kingdom and to to, to be uh, open to, to, to hear the, the voice of the God of the God. So thank you so much for everything you do and thank you so much to be part of our team and we are, it's a privilege for us to, to serve the Lord together. We are a family and we are blessed we, it's a blessing for us, uh, your life and your support. We know that this past year has been uh, a challenge for everyone, and we're super excited as a ministry to dive into what 2021 has to offer. Um, we uh, Last year, we were trying to work through heavy government restrictions on what we were allowed to do and what, we, um, what the communities allowed us to do based on everything that was going on with COVID. And as 2021 has started, we've seen things open back up in a way that's allowing us to, to return to ministry um, in the way that we, we are used to, the way that we know what we're doing. Um, we do what we do because we want to see lives transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Um, and as field directors, my wife and I get the opportunity to pour into our staff, um, uh, uh, our staff, almost 16 staff members, um, to be able to help encourage them, to help develop them, to help empower them to go um, out into our communities and spread the gospel, to be able to build relationships, to be able to um, develop our families economically, and just to be able to hopefully uh, create lasting change here in the Magdalena area. Um, so we're super excited uh, for what this year has to offer, and we're incredibly grateful for the support um, that you guys have offered us over the past few years, uh, both in bringing down teams and financial donations and donations for uh, food so that we can help families that were uh, drastically affected by the pandemic this past year. And so we're really hoping we get to see some of you guys here in August. Um, and uh, we really we love you guys, and we just thank you for all of the, the, the blessings that you guys have been um, to us here at Students International in Guatemala. Thank you. Thank you. Gracias. Okay. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sorry, Jerry. It is so weird to get up here and talk, I know. You know, um, there are three ways we have supported that particular ministry this past year. Uh, one is sending regular financial support. Uh, another way is because of your faithful giving over this last year, we were able to spend, send more money. Uh, their ministry got radically turned upside down. What they normally do, they couldn't do because of COVID. So they began feeding people in the community. And uh, we were able, they can only do that if they have resources. So we as a church, you actually were able, or gave more money because of your faithful giving, a significant amount. And we were able to participate. The third way that we participate with them, actually four ways. Uh, the third way we participate with them is that the Overbees, who introduced us to them years ago, takes teams down every summer. And uh, 
who knows what this summer will hold, but there's conversation about another team going this summer. If not this summer, it'll be the following summer, but we send teams to go. Uh, you can talk to them about that. Are you still planning on having an informational meeting? Yes. When is that? Do you remember? Yeah. In the next couple of weeks, there will be an informational meeting, and I think we're going to connect our Brazilian team with that. So if you're interested, look, you're going to need to be flexible if you're interested because nobody really knows what it's going to look like this summer. But uh, these will be the meetings that, uh, that you can get information on what these short-term mission trips look like. We send people. We are very, for those of you who aren't uh, a part of Carpenter's Way or new, we are very mission-oriented. In fact, a significant per, uh, percentage of every penny given to the church right off the top goes to missions. Uh, we don't do special love offerings for missions during the year uh, unless it's a unique situation. We, uh, we tithe your giving, and I think it's somewhere around 15%, and then you add on top of that short-term mission stuff going on. It's a significant part of our budget. And so I want to remind you and thank you for participating. You may be listening to this going, well, I, I haven't supported them. Yes, you have. Uh, we, we give to them regularly, and we want to continue doing that, and that's just your normal giving, and uh, we thank you for that. Uh, but in the next couple of weeks, just be paying attention. We'll have, we'll have a meeting about possibility of, of y'all going. If you're interested in going to Brazil uh, or to Guatemala, and uh, it's even if you're not interested this summer, uh, it might be a good time for you to get more information on that. I want to say again that if we don't go, there is money, scholarship monies that we put in our budget every year, and that money will go towards them. Uh, we, at, at least this one elder, wants that, and I, I can't think of anybody who doesn't. But uh, thanks for giving. Thanks for participating. So next Sunday is going to be really cool, uh, uh, unique. Uh, Josh Ferguson, a young man who grew up here, as we've already talked, will be speaking. Uh, but also we're going to have a lot of all of our no local ministries will be out there and you'll be able to meander around there and meet them and hear what they're doing and see. Uh, we don't just give to missions. We want to participate. So uh, there'll be opportunities for you to volunteer in the community if you don't already. Uh, and again, for those of you online, you'll be able to see it on our webpage as well and, and interact with them. So we're trying to... These, I don't know if you've noticed, but it has been a weird year. Um, I think everybody up here has said it already. But uh, we're trying to pour into digital as well as our in-person stuff. And it's so good to see some of you back. I can tell the shots are taking effect because some of you are starting to come back. And uh, that's great. But for those of you who are just really staying online right now, that's okay too. Just stick with us in our study. And uh, we're just uh, going to continue to lean into that to, to support you spiritually and, and, and everything we can there. So um, we are going to be taking communion at the end of the service this morning. So if you're at home, go find some bread, go find some grapes juice. If you don't have that, you can use Pepsi. The Lord will understand. Um, and if in this room you didn't get any coming in and you would like to participate, as I keep going, Brad Bustler is going to walk around. Just grip, grab his attention and he's going to just walk around or raise your hand and he'll come and give you some elements if you need them. Um, uh, and, and so for that, I, I want to thank you. What an awesome community we live in. Um, this last week to watch you guys, our community, I think our leaders did an amazing job to get our water back on. Um, I thought the post of the week was Matthew Brevard's, who got teary when the toilet filled up. That was <laughs> truly an emotional thing. I thought electric or uh, power was the most important thing. It's only second to toilets. That's really, really important. 
And uh, that is, uh, that's an important thing. And then for some of you uh, already, Chad has mentioned this, who don't have power yet or hot water, if, if you're part of the fam Carpenter's Way family and you need a hot shower, if you'll text me, we'll get up here this afternoon and let you take one. You paid for it. It's your shower. Just clean it when you're done. Uh, but uh, we do have a couple hot showers in our, our new area. We've had four families use it already, which has been really cool. Uh, we would have let more of you use it, only our pipes were frozen this week. That's another thing. We're just so blessed. We don't have any broken pipes here. And uh, Steve did a good job keeping things dripping and, and making sure that we didn't, and, and turning it off and all. So we're, we're very, very blessed here for that. A lot of churches in our community have significant broken pipes and stuff. But again, thanks for uh, participating with us. I saw a lot of you, when we, when we couldn't house people here this week, a lot of you reached out and invited people in. I think most of you have had people staying in your house. And uh, what a blessing. What a ministry opportunity. And, and that matters as well. And, and uh, so thanks. Uh, thank you for all of your hard work this week. Um, I wish I could say that all the weirdness is over, op <laughs> over, but who knows what next week holds. A couple things are true, though. God is faithful. We just sang that. Even in the weirdest of times, even if it gets weirder, God is faithful and will remain faithful. And he needs to be worshipped. He deserves to be worshipped. And so we will continue to do that and we'll continue to gather and we'll continue to praise him. And uh, thank you for your commitment to all of that as well. Um, and I am amazed as we go into today's text. I'm truly amazed at where we find ourselves this morning because I think you're going to find it very, very applicable. So let's, uh, let's pray together. I do want to ask you to be keeping um, the Burleson family uh, in, your, in your prayers and thoughts. Uh, Richard is not doing well today. So, uh, and we all love that family, and they just text me, and they're all going up to the hospital to be with him. And but uh, please, please be in prayer for them. Um, remember, COVID is not over. Uh, so let's let's pray. Father, we're thankful for your goodness, even if life is not good to us, and that our hope is is not founded in our own um, existence in this life, but in the promise of, of what hap comes in the next. And I thank you that you have gone to prepare a place for us that is perfectly situated with justice and truth and honor and provision. And we long for all of that now, but we are well aware that we will never have in this life what we long for, because what we long for is the Garden of Eden. What we long for is to be with you. We long for you to reign and you to provide for us in a way only you can, and that is heaven. So we look forward to that. And we ask you to keep us strong and committed to you as we wait for that day to come. Lord, this morning our thoughts are with the Burleson family. And we pray for a miracle, Father, that you would heal Richard. But we're fully aware that you don't always do what we want, that you have a plan that's better than ours. And so we will trust you in whatever happens. But we pray for supernatural courage and strength uh, for Gina and for the kids and for Richard today, and we just pray, Lord Jesus, that your will would be done. We love you, we trust you, and now as we get into your word, encourage our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Jesus had just heard that his cousin John, and you know him as John the Baptizer, had been killed. And he was grief-stricken. In fact, after feeding the thousands of people he fed that day, he told the disciples that, that he wanted them to get in the boat and go to the other side while he went alone to be with his father. And it is in that context that Matthew 14 reads like this. And Matthew, who was there, recorded this for us. 
Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. It was about three o'clock in the morning when Jesus came toward them walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I'm here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on water. Jesus said, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and he walked on water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and he grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. <laughs> I always read that and I think, who did you think he was? <laughs> but they do say it. That is a crazy, crazy story. And I know you've heard this story a hundred times, so it doesn't feel as crazy, Jesus walking on water, them thinking it's a ghost. I think one of the reasons we laugh about it is because it's so, it's so crazy. I mean, just that's the word. But it really happened. It really, really happened. But I guess maybe it really isn't that different than our experience with Jesus. Remember when you came to know that he was the only one that could save you. And you accepted his offer to forgive you your sin. And you actually transferred trust from yourself to him. From your ability to be a good person, to be good enough to him. To redeem you because you know you're not good enough. And if we're honest, church, the closer we get to Jesus and the more we walk with him, the more we realize how short we fall from what he would need for us to save ourselves. And so you put your trust in him, and you got saved. And for those of you who are older when you got saved, you remember the joy that came. Like Peter walking on water. How, how much happiness you experienced. How much joy. And you took some steps, and you were telling everybody to agnosium how much joy you had in being saved. Until all of a sudden, life struck you again. Like Peter, who experienced the storm... You realize that the storms of life hadn't gone away. The same relational problems that were there were there, and maybe they were worse. The things that burdened your heart down, except for your sin issue, still burdened your heart down. And even though you felt like nothing could go wrong, all of a sudden you took your eyes off of Jesus and what he had done and put it on yourself. That's where we find the young church in Acts chapter 8. I mean, things have been great for them. In the previous months, they, they've met the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost, and thousands were saved in their new spiritual family. They literally were watching supernatural things take place over and over again, from speaking in languages that none of them had known, to watching a layman healed outside of the temple gate, to prison doors being opened by angels and apostles, walking out free. In a few short months, this young church literally goes from 120 people in the upper room to what realistically could be tens and thousands of followers of Jesus. Tens and thousands. Where do I get that number? Because we've already counted 5,000 and it's believed they were only counting the men. 
It's incredible to realize what this church had experienced. And even today when you hear a lot of messages or you study it yourself, we think to ourselves, I wish we could be the Acts 2 church again. Well, be careful what you wish for. We'll get into that in a moment. The truth is that we forget, and I'm not sure they always understood, that we're in a spiritual battle. Everything we face as the children of God is war. But it's spiritual warfare. 1 Corinthians, Paul says that we don't fight these battles with human weapons, although some of us try. But these are, we, we use the truth of God to defeat. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says that we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. My American friends, you must remember that. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. If you are a Republican, you are not fighting the Democrats. If you are a Democrat child of God, you are not fighting Trump. Our war is not against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against the evil spirits in heavenly places. With that in mind, realizing that life as a child of God enters you into a warfare between God and Satan, Acts chapter 8, verse 1 is our text for today. A great wave of persecution began that day. What day, you might ask? The day Stephen was killed. That was last week's text. And I want to remind you that the verse breaks and the chapter transitions are not in the original languages. We broke them up so we can, we can find stories and places for our ease. But... But when Luke records this for us, he is, wants us to understand that that day that Stephen is stoned to death, to death by the council, breaking the law to do it, he wanted us to understand that a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul, yes, you know, Saul, who becomes Paul, Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. That storm hit the church pretty hard. As I was thinking about what to title this message this morning, and the only reason titles matter at Carpenter's Way is because on the internet you can find it. But I, I titled it, Why Would You Want Us to Run? It's a question for the Lord. And maybe this last week, and maybe you're still asking, why would God allow me not to have power? And, and I know in light of persecution it seems stupid, but frustration is frustration and fear is fear. Pain is relative. I mean, the, the truth is, life at some point disappoints. And as a child of God, we like to pretend as long as we can that if we walk closely with Him, we won't have pain. We won't have disappointment. We won't experience death or, or rejection. If we're nice enough, we really, really believe that if we're nice enough, they, the unbelievers, the atheists, will like we rationalize that if, if we are kind, they will be kind. And we don't understand that that's not the rules by which the world The lost have one set of guidance. Self-survival. 
self-satisfaction. And if you get in the way that you If you are so angry right now because your rights are being violated, you don't realize that you gave up your rights when you were crucified with Christ. You are not here to live for you. We're here to live for them. And the cost is great. We are here to live for Jesus just like this young church was. I want to remind you that the faithfulness of the Jerusalem church and what happens in this story eventually leads to you and I having the gospel in our country. Christianity did not start in America. It started in Jerusalem. We are the uttermost parts of the world. Because faithful men and women... Um, I'll get back to our text. The storm hit the young church and they were hit hard. Peter, who was about this church, who was part of it, would later write in 1 Peter 4, 12 to 14, these words. And I want to remind you that at the time Peter writes this, Nero is in charge of Rome. We don't know exactly when he wrote this, but you remember Nero, who burned the Christians for so that he could persecute them. Listen to his words to them. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials we're going through. Isn't that interesting? Is it possible that this was written after Rome burned? Don't be surprised is his attitude. As if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partner with Christ in his suffering. I don't want to be partners with Christ in his suffering. That's what we signed up for. To stay and, and minister. We are partners with Christ in His suffering so that you will have wonderful joy of seeing His glory when it's revealed to all the world. If, if you thought this week was awesome when your toilet filled, imagine what it's going to be like when we go home. I know that was ridiculous. But it's still, we were all pretty excited when the water Imagine what it's going to be like when you get to heaven and you, feel, you realize every frustration you have in this life from social justice to financial fears to inappropriate government decisions to bosses that don't have compassion. When we get home and none of that exists, imagine how much joy we're going to have. Too often we concentrate on what is heaven Heaven isn't just a location. It's an experience. Jesus left us here to work. Make disciples. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. When we get there, everything we experience, although it will glorify God, is built for our peace and hope and joy. Jesus said, I go to, I've stored up treasure for you in heaven where moth and rust and thief can't steal it. The problem is in a, in a culture like ours when we have so much. I heard somebody say a few months ago that the person who doesn't have food only has one thing to worry about. But the person who has money in the bank has a hundred things to worry about. Do you get that? We have so much to worry about. Jobs, health, money. And we still worry about it. 
When in reality, all of that is being taken care of by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so we kind of live now in our culture to overcome every trial and every difficulty as if they're parenthetical bad moments or mistake moments of our life because we screwed up or because life is unfair because the president isn't the one we wanted. And we sort of act like, I can hardly wait till we get back on track. Getting on track is trusting Jesus. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partner with Christ in his suffering so that you will have wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it was revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. Excuse me? I'm supposed to find persecution as a joyous thing? Um, you might be thinking, I got a lot of growing to do before I find it like that. Well, I want to just say, and this is a common question around the church, especially for those who are growing. I could never do what this person did. I could never be Stephen. I've read Fox's Book of Martyrs. I could never die like that. The last line of this text says, the Spirit of God rests on us. There is no training for what God has for you next week. But you have the Holy Spirit living within you that will give you the words to say, that will give you the courage you need. Stop trying to prepare your flesh for what the Spirit will fight and empower and give us courage for. And I'm not yelling at you. I'm talking about me. I worry about the effect of the next year on our church, on our budget, on my family. I worry too. But that is my sin. The problem with Mark Wilkie right now is not drinking or drugs or stealing money. It's trust. And I want to remind you that James defines sin as anything not done trusting God. Some things may in fact be more devastating like drug addiction or, or adultery. But the truth is in God's eyes they're all destructive and offensive. As I get closer to the Lord I'm realizing He wants me to trust Him more. How'd you do this week? A lot of you did really well. You went beyond yourself to reach out to others. But the fact is, life is going to be difficult. And there will be persecution. And remember what it looks like to have the Spirit of God resting on a man who experiences that? Acts chapter 7, verse 55. We looked at it last week. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and he saw the glory of God and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Do you know that Stephen was the only one as far as we know that saw Jesus? Do you know why he was the only one? It wasn't a lack of faith on the others, on the others in the crowd, but that's what God wanted him to experience. It was unique to Stephen in this moment. Then they put their hands over their ears and they began shouting and they rushed at him and they dragged him out of the city and they began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and they laid them at the feet of a young man by the name of Saul. And as they stoned him, Peter prayed, Jesus, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell on his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that he died. 
That is what it looks like for the Spirit of God to take over your life, to control you, to fill your cup and lead you and even control what you're saying. You begin to sound like Jesus. These are almost identical words to Jesus on the cross when he looked up at his father and he says, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing as they're killing him. Men and women, our job, our challenge, our, our, our thing is to surrender. It's God's thing to control. Too many of us are looking for three steps to look like Stephen. Aim higher, look like Jesus. Well, how do I do that? Surrender. Surrender. Trust Him. Trust Him with your country. Trust Him with your family. Trust Him with your children. Trust Him with your shower. Trust Him with yourself. Well, I'm, I'm Texan. I'm pretty self-sufficient. Some of you have been flushing your toilet with snow this week. And is that weird as that? Can I just, just a side note. We lived most of our life up in the north. There ain't nothing like what we had this last week, okay? Don't let them mess with you. I'd rather have two feet of snow in the north where they have plows and they have salt and they have things that make it no worse than rain than what we have experienced. And ice is ice is ice. So when your friends dog you for this, oh, you little southerners, you tell them, remember when it was 95 last year? Try 104 and 300% humidity will invite you down. That'll keep people out of Texas. It's not the same. What is the same is God. God is the same. And he can be trusted. Why would he do this to us? Why would he do it to them? Because it's his world. Well, I don't like what he's doing with his world. Then walk away. Because he's not going to stop because you don't like it. He didn't just come and die on the cross so that you could stay out of hell. He died on the cross for your neighbors and your friends and the atheists and Joe Biden and Donald Trump and the people you like and the people you don't like. He died on the cross for their sin. Well, I'm ready for him to come back. First Peter says he's not ready to come back because he hasn't finished presenting the gospel through us yet. You want to go home? Start telling more people about Jesus. Then we'll go home when our work is done. Man, this church was doing so well. Tens of thousands were being saved. The church was healthy and flourishing in huge ways. Why would God allow this church to go through persecution that actually dismounted their family of faith in Jerusalem? Remember the text that I read a few minutes ago. It actually said that everybody scattered. Everybody ran except for the apostles. And they went from Jerusalem to Judea. And I'll get back to that in a moment. From Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria. They ran. Literally ran for their lives. And they had to be asking themselves, Why? Why would you do this, God? Well, I'd like to give you two answers for the reason that I believe God allows us to scatter, be hurt, it experienced tribulation. Number one is found in James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. And you know this. And it's not satisfying. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind, oh, even, even, even snow and ice and politics, any kind in the Greek. I looked it up. Do you know what it means? Any kind. Any kind. Yeah, you'll see your Greek scholars already. 
any kind. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Slap James when you get to heaven. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, needing nothing. One reason that the Lord let Peter sink, that the young church was allowed to be persecuted, that you and I endure great pain in life, is because we're not merely saved from hell when we got saved. We became the children of God. The adopted children of God, according to Ephesians 1.5. And he wants his kids to grow up in our relationship with him, in our trust of him. Just like you wanted your own children. This last year, all right, I need you to buckle your seatbelts because I'm about to make a political social statement. The problem with Antifa, it's a bunch of brats whose parents give them money, who don't have to work for a living, who hate everything. If you want to get rid of Antifa, mom and dad, quit sending cash. They won't, but they should. How do I know that? Because they're all carrying Apple phones at $1,100 a pop. None of us would ever raise our kids to be like that. And you Texans, especially you women, if your kid was like that, you would grab them by the scruff of the neck and you would bring them home and beat them within an inch of their life. Because there's nothing more shameful to a set of Texas parents than embarrassing children. See, you're just like God. God doesn't want us to be a bunch of whiny brats just waiting to die and go to heaven. He wants us to, to live faithfully. He wants us to stand tall. He wants us to be courageous. He wants us to trust him. And that's why we experience these things. 1 Peter 1, 3-9, Peter who experienced this said, all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his grace mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. Notice what we're expecting, not the storm to be over, but our inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious and expressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. The word tested here doesn't mean that you're being tested like an exam, pass or fail. It means like a metal in a fire. It's refining is maybe a better word. Refining, it's getting rid of the impurities, the, the tribulations and trials that we have. It, 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 it purifies the str and strengthens the metal that we're made of. 
And I want you to listen now to the persecutor Saul, who was an official observer at Stephen's stoning, who himself would eventually give his life to Christ, in a few chapters you'll see that, and become chaste and persecuted in his own right. Romans 5, 3 to 5. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Please notice, it's not just persecution. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. You really are the children of God. This isn't some theme that a pastor preaches. It isn't a warm, fuzzy concept. It's the real deal. And for some of you who had parents that abused you, it's really hard for you to imagine. But it's not hard for you to dream the perfect father. And his name is Jehovah. And because he's the perfect father, he's not going to protect you from growing up. He's not going to protect us from trust. If he gave us everything we wanted, we wouldn't need to trust. There'd be no reason to trust him. There'd be no difficulty. I think most of us would probably stop praying, except for meals and when you share about missions. That was a joke, Jared. You missed that right there, buddy. That was funny. One day we're going to see God face to face and the whole story from it will be from his perspective. You know, it's funny. When we read the story even a little while ago about Peter walking on water, we all kind of giggle. We laugh a little bit at the end when they go, you really are the son of God. We laugh because we know the story and how it ended. We're looking from, from God's perspective at that story, aren't we? That's how he looks at today. That's how he looked at last week. That's how he looked at election day. I got a plan. And if our story lives on, if our great-grandchildren are still here, if the Lord doesn't come back, and, and I don't want to get into when I think the Lord is going to return because he doesn't seem to care when I think he's going to come back. But if our great-grandchildren live, they're going to talk about the year we went through with COVID. They're going to talk about this storm. They're going to talk about these things. The question is, will they see us as men and women of faith in what we didn't understand? We look back at Peter walking on water and we say, silly Peter, you should have kept your eyes on Jesus. But that's only because we knew how it ended. When Peter was walking on water, he didn't know what would happen next. When the disciples watched their, their loudmouth spokesman of the disciples drowning in water before Jesus grabs him, they all thought they were going to watch their friend drown. They didn't see the end of the story. When Jesus dies on the cross, they all hide in the upper room because they think they're next. They couldn't envision Jesus coming back from the dead, even though he said he would. They couldn't imagine it any more than you can imagine how things are going to end up in the United States of America. But God knows. The question isn't whether or not he's got a plan. The question is, do we believe enough that his plan is good? I do believe that most of us, and this is not a shot, Proverbs says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but I believe most of us got saved to stay, from, to stay out of hell. I, I don't have a problem with that. Time to grow up. And I'm speaking to me too. Now that we know that it wasn't about hell, we should grow up. And it's very hard to grow up. In fact, you can't grow up on your own. So you're going to have weeks like last week. And you're going to have 
years like last year. And we're all trying to feel what comes next. There's no way to know. But I don't know who knows. And I do know that he's going to bring comfort. And we need to stop screaming every time things get bad. The Lord is coming back. The Lord is coming back. He's coming back on good days too. But just because we're inconvenienced doesn't mean he's coming back Friday. I promise you this. His return is closer right now than when I started the message. But it doesn't mean it's this week. And you should stop sending money to people who keeps putting dates on paper. They're charlatans. There are still people saying that God told them that Trump is going to be president of the United States of America. They're nuts. And they should be treated as nuts. And the only reason they get to keep doing that is because we keep sending money. Stop it! You met five missionaries, six missionaries. If you want to waste your money, give it to me. Don't waste it. It won't be wasted. We'll send it to missionaries. We'll take care of each other. We'll keep serving the Lord. He's God. Ready, Les? You're not. Are you okay with that? That's a, that's a scary thing to say, John. I hope I am too. I think I am, but I whine on the way to, okay, just like my kids did. I, I really want to be careful as we say this because it's really easy to get all like, eh. I just want to make it clear. I'm struggling with this stuff too. I look at the news accidentally periodically. And when I don't, you send it to me in email. Bless your heart. I get as frustrated as you do. But I know he's got a good plan. And as bad as it may get in this country, it's going to be so good in heaven. Just like flush toilets, Matthew. There's a second reason, though, you guys. And I've already talked about it. Let me, let me get to the end real quick, and we're going to take communion together. Back to, uh, I, I want to show you something that's really cool. Acts 1, 6 through 8. So this is the second reason. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Okay, so, so just remember that. We talked a lot about this this last year. But remember what they're asking. Okay, this is what we want. Are you going to do what we want now? You've died, you've risen, you've saved now. Are you going to do this? It's a selfish request. And God doesn't get mad, but he just simply says, he replies, the Father alone has the authority to set these dates and times, and they're not for you to know. Mind your own business, children. That's like your kids going, uh, can we go to Disneyland? Can we go to Disneyland? Can we go to Disneyland? Sometime I'll take you to Disneyland. Quit asking. But, and he's going to tell them about their future. As if he's saying, I will tell you this. I'm not going to tell you that, but I will tell you this. You are going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in, what's the word? Jerusalem. That's the first seven chapters of Acts. Then where? Judea. Chapter 8, 1. And where? Samaria. Chapter 8, 1, 1 through 4. And to the ends of the earth. That's the rest of the book. Now, when Jesus said that to them, they're like, oh, oh, we're going to witness. And everybody's going to get saved. And we're going to be speaking in tongues. And we're going to have great worship. And everybody's going to be
Jerusalem if they didn't know? They would never leave Jerusalem. They wouldn't. How do we know that? They didn't leave Jerusalem. How did he get them to Judea? Persecution. Well, that's not very nice. How did he get them to Samaria? Persecution. You see, that's the second thing that goes on is God's got a plan that sometimes is not better for our human experience. But he's got a plan. And we're part of that plan. Again, verse chapter 8, 1 to 4, a great wave of persecution began that day with Stephen sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning, but Saul was going everywhere. To church, so he even used Paul before he to spread the gospel. How weird is our God? He uses the same guy before salvation to spread the gospel. Men and women to throw them into prison. If this persecution wouldn't happen, you and I have every reason to believe the gospel would not have come to the, to, to the rest of the Western culture. From Greece to the Roman colonies, which included Britain, eventually coming to the United States, we are the direct result of the faithfulness of these terrified, persecuted brothers and sisters. Well, I could never be as faithful as that. God hasn't asked you to yet. But you were faithful this week. Yeah, but I didn't like it. That's kind of stupid. Neither did they. I mean, we watched Stephen die, but he went in to talk to the council that day. He wasn't going, today's the day I'm going to die. And they're going to stone me to death. It's going to be so much fun. The Lord took over. And he will take over you. If you let him. You see... For most of us here, it's not about being forgiven of our sin. 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sin, you can start playing because I want them to think about this as I say this. 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from how much? Unrighteousness. All. The word all there includes past, present, and future. So if you are truly a child of God and the Holy Spirit lives within you, then whatever you do tomorrow, lack of faith, adultery, whatever stupid stuff you do, you are already forgiven for that. So the truth is that sin isn't the problem. Trust is. 
You see, you won't commit adultery if you trust the Lord. Why? Because you're not looking for physical pleasure. You're not looking for physical pleasure. Drugs won't be your problem because you're not looking for physical relief. You're not self-medicating, overeating, gossip, because you're more concerned with His work and His plan than your own. And that's what's missing in the understanding of the church. It's Paul in Romans 12 who said, with all these things being true, salvation through faith in Christ alone, be a living sacrifice. Is it too much for him to ask that of us? That's Paul's question in Romans 12, and the answer is no. It's not too much. It's just that we never really thought about that because we were so busy celebrating not going to hell, we never got to daily surrender. And so, my friend, whether you're in the room or online, if you are a child of God, God is not disappointed in our weak faith or our self-flesh-feeding. Now we're aware of it. Two reasons he allows us to go through difficulty, whether it's a snowstorm or persecution. Number one, to grow us up, to mature us. And you have the chance to do that this morning. Give your life back to him. You're not unsaved. You're just selfish. Like your bratty kid when they were like 12. What do I want to do that? When you took him to the shop, to the doctor, remember that? And the doctor comes in, oh, they're so sweet. And they got their hand behind. They're like, oh, so much. You took them. Well, that's because it would make them healthier. Yes. Yes. Grow up. And I'm speaking to myself. Number two, because he's at work in the world. And we got a front row seat. I don't like what he's doing. The process by which he's doing it may be painful, but the end result is going to be like flushing your toilet yesterday morning. So good. So, okay, I'll stop with that illustration. So here we are, going to take communion together. And here's my challenge for you. Nobody's looking, nobody's passing a plate. You have communion elements in your hands or at home in front of you. But here's what Pastor Mark wants from you and what I'm going to do this morning. My attitude has not always been good. I'm a very selfish person. Don't amen that. But I'm aware of it and I, I want to let the Lord know that I trust Him. And so communion this morning needs to be that. Whatever it is that's got you down, discouraged, tired, frustrated, angry, overwhelmed, as we take the bread down, this is weird for those of you in the room, there's a piece of plastic on top. Don't, don't pull both of them off or you'll end up with grape juice in your lap. You just pull the top off and there's a wafer that has no flavor. It's very weird. The reason we take the bread is to remember that Jesus Christ was willing to physically go through life, 30 years of broken relationships and great relationships, including his cousin dying and him mourning over it. He's experienced the pain we've experienced and even some of the fear. You could make the case that on the night he was betrayed, he prayed that his father would take the cup, not just because he didn't want the sin of the world, but because that was a terrifying concept for a man. He was willing to do that for us. Let's recommit ourselves to doing everything for him. And if you're willing to, and if you're not, just don't take. You will soon enough if you're his child, because he will force this upon you. Let's recommit ourselves to being living sacrifices.
Lord Jesus, in front of this precious group of people that you have asked me to feed, I confess that I am selfish. I confess that I get grumpy sometimes doing my task, that I'm not always loving and patient as you are with me. And I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you, I know that your Holy Spirit rests on me and I ask that that he take complete control of my life. And that I would be a willing servant of the King of Kings knowing what's coming. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that has covered even this sin. And I ask you for our church today that we would be men and women who are surrendered to Jesus Christ. In your holy name we pray, amen. Okay, the second part of this is going to be weird. Ready? It was the blood of Jesus Christ. And by the way, for those of you who are unfamiliar with this, we use grape juice. And this stuff is really bad, just so you know in the room. But we use grape juice because it's the color of blood. Uh, In the biblical times for communion, they would use wine. Um, But this reminds us that it isn't through will or good deeds or self-sacrifice we're saved, but by the blood of Jesus Christ that there is forgiveness for sin. So in a, a crazy, ironic way, God, knowing that we would never be fully surrendered, made a way so we didn't have to be fully surrendered. How crazy is that? So even though I just confessed my sin to the Lord and to you, the truth is I'll probably be selfish when 14 of you call this afternoon for a shower. And I will be taking my nap and watching the boring left-turning NASCAR. And the Lord will say, listen, bonehead, go unlock the church. I don't want to unlock the church. Go unlock the church. And my sin will still be forgiven because of the blood of Jesus Christ that removed it. So have hope, friends. Don't walk out of here feeling guilty. Walk out of here thankful. Even your stupid has been forgiven. Thank God for God. Right? We should start saying that. Thank God for God. Because this makes it okay. Let's take this together in remembrance of what he's done so we can be silly. Thank you, Father, for being faithful to your promises, even when we're not faithful to ours. Great is your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, in about a minute and a half, I'm going to ask the elders to go ahead and get up, and they're going to be at, at, at each door because we're going to take a benevolence offering. We've had uh, some families in need, and we keep 98% of benevolence offering for those who attend here regularly for accountability purposes and all. But as you leave, if you're able to put something in the plate, please do, and we will make sure it gets to, like I said, our families in need. Go get them, people. Lovka needs Jesus in a big way. This is an exciting week as they're getting in place. This is an exciting week because Adam will be here this week. He's going to start on Wednesday night. And we're very excited for his ministry to begin. And one of the things we'll do next week is lay hands on Adam and pray for him and ask God to bless him. But I I just want to say one more thing. I am so proud to pastor with you guys. I'm so glad to do life with you. As imperfect as we are, as silly as we are, God is so good. And it's only going to get better from here. I love you guys. Have a wonderful 60-degree Sunday.